Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Certainly a component of it. Um, again, we're always trying to solve this riddle that we have. We're trying to fill the best team with the constraints, with the salary cap being one of them. Uh, we like the, the, the value of the contract. We also like the player. I want to make sure that that's clear. We like the player, the skill set, what he provides this offense, how he allows us to play, and hopefully on the field this year and next. And then also, you know, the fit in the, within the locker room, that, that component of it is very important. We, we do a lot of digging into his college background. We, we talk a lot of people in Detroit, and they say nothing but great things about the player and how it'll fit into here. And this still, I'm still trying to wrap my head. That was Quasi, by the way, for the, for the audio audience. Uh, and this is Feedback Friday on Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, therapy, speculation. And we have a, we have a big life moment on the show from last night that we will uh, we'll take a, a comment or two about later here. but. Why would the why would the Lions do this? Isn't that weird? Someone I was doing an interview this morning with uh, a, a Washington radio host, Kevin Sheehan, just about the game this weekend, and he said, "Does it worry you that they traded a twenty-five-year-old? Like, what? Why would they? Why would they do that?" And I said, "It worried me when the Eagles traded Rager because that's a smart organization that knows that he's not very good. The Lions traded Matthew Stafford to the Rams, and you won a Super Bowl ten minutes later." So I just it, I don't give the Lions credit, but it is weird. Why would they do this? So I went and read uh, the stories about the Hawkinson trade from the Detroit papers because, like, I was really confused because I mean, this is a good young player, un- unless he's a terrible guy, which I don't think he is and at all. Quasi referenced locker room presence think. and stuff. Here's what I think's going on in Detroit. Shockingly, it's going to be dysfunctional. Brad Holmes is the GM who I believe worked with the Rams and O'Connell previously. Mm-hmm. He did not hire Dan Campbell. They they were hired around the exact same time, but I believe the team president has final say. Now, Holmes probably has final 53-man roster construction, construction say, and Holmes made it very clear, I would have made this trade at 6-1 and one because I wanted more assets, right? Hmm. I wonder if Holmes is, is purposely trying to, be, because, I mean, their year's done. I wonder if he is trying to not only accrue assets, but the more games that Dan the man drops, the more likely it is that they would move on from him, and that would give Holmes more power in hiring the next coach. So on the assets front, That's so he really said he by the way he but he said he wants to acquire more assets, right? Yeah, he said at six and one, I make this trade. Well, that's ridiculous. I agree. You don't you don't trade uh, a good pass catching tight end at six and one. 
But did they even come out on the winning side of the assets they acquired? So let's let first of all, they gave up a 25 year old, two years left on a very reasonable contract. Yep. A 25 year old tight end that you could also extend if you wanted to. The Vikings probably will. And then you wind up in terms of draft capital, you trade what are likely going to be because they are Detroit Lions draft picks, right? Two high fourth round picks for a low because because they're Vikings draft picks, low second and low third round picks, right? So the even like the the gap in the draft capital isn't that wide. It's not a first round pick or anything. And then on top of it, the Vikings get the asset, the biggest asset of all, which is T.J. Hawkinson. So from that perspective, it seems like the Vikings came out way ahead, too. I'm just telling you what his justification (laughs) publicly. Now, I will say this, and I don't think this has been reported locally, but it was in Detroit. The uh, second the conditional fourth round pick is a fifth round pick if the Vikings win a playoff game this year. So they basically said, if if this guy helps you win a playoff game, we drop that pick, which, again, is not a huge deal. And, you know, the Vikings would certainly take that in a second. Mm-hmm. But that was his rationale. I just wonder if the GM is like, this is all about the future. And Dan Campbell's not my guy. <laughs> Could be. There was a so, um, there was also a thing on Vikings Reddit floating around. This there's a there's an option when you play Madden, like if you're making a trade that there, there's a GM mode on. So like you can't just make any trade for anyone, it won't let you, right? Like it there you so you can't like fleece a team. And someone put in the trade parameters for TJ Hawkinson, the same one. And Madden says, I can't, you're not allowed to do this trade. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It is weird, man. It is. Some oh, people yeah. were speculating, did the Vikings, because it kind of felt like maybe the Lions got one over on the Vikings with the draft trade. Was there some sort of, a, a, you know, agreement or something that the Lions were going to kick back Hawkinson later? I don't know. But the first comment here is from Bad Dad Joke. It's a hot take. Quasey is the best GM in the NFC North right now. I would like to point out that the Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst, is paying $11 million for Zadarius Smith to lead the league in sacks for the Vikings while replacing Devontae Adams with a rookie who runs the wrong routes and another one that's either injured or drops the ball. Amir Smith-Marset cost the Bears a game against the Vikings while Ryan Poles turned all-pro Roquan Smith and a fifth-round pick into Chase Claypool for a year. Detroit just traded us their best offensive player for the equivalent of a third-round pick in value, and their rookie wideout won't be ready until sometime after we clinch the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Gutekunst thing, yeah, dude, like the Jordan Love pick, and then Devontae Adams with no plan B, apparently not being in the mix for OBJ or making any trade at all this year to salvage maybe the last year of Aaron Rodgers. It's all... All very odd what's happening there. So, yeah, I mean, right now, maybe Quasey is the best GM in the NFC North. He's definitely the best right now. Um, jury's out, in my opinion, on polls because, like, he is he is blowing that thing up and doing some we- weird things, yeah. but it could work. Uh, Detroit is Detroit until I see just a significant change, which has not really taken place in my lifetime, yeah. and I'm going to turn 53 this month. Okay, Detroit, I'm out on. Um I told you guys before, the Gutekunst thing to me is very intriguing because I think the president of the team, Mark Murphy, who who played professionally, I wonder if he's not the puppeteer here. Gutekunst strikes me as a patsy. He looks like a patsy. He strikes me as a patsy. I think Murphy is pulling a lot of the strings. I don't think, I don't think that Brian Gutekunst solely said, I'm going to draft 
Aaron's replacement. I think Murphy said, let's do, let's, let's do this. And I've scouted this guy. And there's nothing more dangerous than a team president who has scouted guys. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Just calm down team president. The crazy. Guy. I mean, yes, the Vikings are doing a very good job. There's, yeah. Now the jury that. is very much out on the draft and we're going to need at least a couple of years in yes. the, in Lewis scene with the injury. So yes, um, it's there. I wish there was like a website or something. Maybe we can just, oh, maybe this is a business idea for us that that had some sort of comparison of draft batting averages, you know, quantify like the hits, the misses, the home runs, the complete busts. Sounds like a film. For all project. the GMs, like you know, free agent value and signings. Where are you spending your money? At are you overloading on linebacker salaries versus? Other premium positions. Macadac.com. You sit down today. You do this. All 32 teams. Um, I will. I'll take a couple hours this afternoon and just launch this. The one thing, because we we do get tweets and I get them completely. The one thing I get about the folks who who say, you guys are getting so excited. The Vikings aren't that good. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I I think the Vikings at six and one, it's great. I will say this is the cautionary thing, though. At about this time or a year in, Falvey and Rocco, their first or or in the first year that they, that they were joined, mm-hmm. I thought were great. Mm-hmm. So so like yes, the jury is out. I don't know. All I'm saying is, given the data and what we've seen to date, it's very hard to criticize. Yeah, and I Could mean, change. even like in fairness to Falvey and Levine and Rocco, by the way, and the twins, all sports leadership has an expiration date. Bill Belichick has an expiration date. Some some leaders, coaches, and in, in front offices are uh, are able to sit in your refrigerator for twenty years and not expire. <laughs> Others are more like some expire right away, like David Kahn, that weird Wolves general manager from twelve years ago. And so, in fairness to Falvey and Levine and 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 uh, Rocco, it's been really bad the last two years. But they were actually um, they were actually very good, and what they built with that home run hitting team in 2019 was very good. And they like they built something for two or three years, but it doesn't mean that you're not susceptible to future whiffs and mistakes, and you know, or losing touch with the direction the game is going, whatever it is. Uh, Corey Larson says, "Hey, Mackie, <laughs> do you think the Packers could fire Gudekunst and then hire Rick Spielman?" Oh, oh my man. god. Yeah, would you as a Vikings fan? How would like? How do you think? How do you think Vikings fans should feel if the Packers said we're going to hire Rick Spielman to be the GM? One reason I give it two thumbs up. Quarterback, they're, they're not finding Aaron's replacement. They're, yeah, exactly right. They're gonna they're gonna for the entirety of Rick's tenure in Green Bay, they would scuffle to find a quarterback. Yeah. And you know what? There is no Vikings fan who, who would be like, "It's really a shame, Packers after thirty years can't find the replacement for Aaron Rodgers." Yeah. I, I think Rick deserves another shot. I think he, he was does. he was a very good roster builder. The glaring air of quarterback is definitely something that you can't overlook, but maybe he can find a right-hand man that knows quarterbacks better. Or something. I think he'll work again. Yeah. yeah. He, he gets at least one more shot. Um, let's see here. Tim Trail says, it's certainly shaping up for the Eagles to be the number one seed in the NFC. Am I wrong for thinking the only way the Vikings can advance is to hope whoever goes to Philadelphia somehow beats them in the playoffs? And with the Vikings hopefully getting the two seed, they can host the remaining playoff games. I just can't see us beating the Eagles in Philly. Would love to hear your take on this. I actually agree with this. I think it's a long shot. Unless the Eagles devolve as a team here in the next two months. Um, 
playing home games throughout the playoffs, that's why getting the two seed is so important mm-hmm. so that you have a chance to play a bunch of home games in the playoffs. But yeah, like ideally you would not have to go to Philadelphia again. We've seen that play out a couple times over I, the years. I think uh, people kind of forget because there's not the two buys anymore that the two seed, you, you still get to host a divisional round if you obviously get out the wild card. So I think like there's this misconception, oh, then we have to go on the road. No, if you win your game, you get another home playoff game. Uh, realistic Randy was talking that he wants to go back to Philadelphia. He wants the revenge, not just from week two, but wants the revenge from the NFC Championship. No, he game just wants to go to the game because he lives out yeah, there. Yeah, because he lives also, in Philadelphia. That was going to be my third part. He also now lives there. So he wants, he wants, yeah. he, he also wants to go see the game. But I'm, I'm actually kind of with them too. Like, sometimes things aren't going to always work out where you're like, oh, I want all the home games. Of course it'd be great if Vikings got the one seed. But I think the sweet revenge could be awesome in Philadelphia as well. It would be fun, but it would just be less likely that you would go yeah. to the Super Bowl if you if you oh, yeah. had to go through Philadelphia. But Philadelphia is also not – I don't look at them as this, like, dominant force that can't be beat. I mean, they were in a struggle against the Texans last night for a while. So – and the Vikings, quite frankly, should have come back and made that a game if they hadn't thrown dumb interceptions and and not all Kirk's fault. There was a bad route by Justin Jefferson, and then Irv Smith dropped a touchdown reception. So the Vikings actually were in that game more than the score indicated – in week two. I think if they can get, um, I think Philadelphia could get upset in their first playoff game. Uh, that doesn't mean that the Vikings would have any type of pass to the Super Bowl, but, you know, I mean, Philadelphia looks good, um, but we have seen teams that look look better than this get upset previously before. Yeah. So I would I would say that I would definitely not be shocked if Philadelphia lost its first playoff game. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts doesn't have, like, a track record of being in the league for 10 years and making deep playoff runs and stuff. So Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Stoll says, every time I think or see the Vikings and trade in the same sentence, I have night terrors about the Herschel Walker debacle trade. Uh, Yes, the one that made Dallas relevant for the next decade. P.S. Bye week was a rough go waiting for Sunday's game. I had the not my gut. Uh, We talked about that, just, like, waiting for games. Um, I don't think... Like the Hers- the Herschel Walker, too, we actually did a deep dive on this for Minnesota Sports Rewind about two, two, three years ago. Yes, it made the Cowboys great, but it didn't derail the Vikings. It's not like the Vikings went into some tailspin for a decade. The Vikings made the playoffs a lot after the Herschel Walker trade and then eventually became a 15 and 1 team like five years after he left. So st- don't be afraid of trades, folks. Don't be afraid that these, these picks are going to come back and help the Lions and whatever. Like, Go get good players. The the one comparison between the Walker trade and the Hawkinson trade is deadline deals. That's the only comparison. Yeah, were there wasn't done like a boatload of deadline. picks or anything like. That. No, no, this is a good. I, if it doesn't work out, it's a good trade. It's worth yeah. a shot. So yes, it's not going to be. It's not going to be Mike Lynn not realizing that Dallas was going to cut every player they got from the Vikings and keep all the draft picks. Yes. Uh, this next one presented by our friends over at Federated. Federated's been a great partner for us as we look to build Score North, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, uh, our business. If you're a business owner and you're looking for just a great guiding hand with a hundred plus years of experience, they're based in Owatonna. They are one of us. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more information and to just read about the great history of this company. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, Christian Peterson says it's remarkable to me how different the Vikings look and feel compared to last year, despite the fact that there's been very little change among the team's composition. 
Obviously, Zadarius has been a huge help, but it seems like the only other explanation is coaching. Is KOC a complete genius? Or was Mike Zimmer such a detriment to this team that any competent coach could have taken over uh, this group and led them to be a success? I know you all have shied away from the, oh, Zimmer was the only problem narrative, but it's becoming increasingly more difficult to find another explanation. So this is... um... This goes deeper than two people, for sure. Way, way deeper. First of all, this team, it makes a difference when human beings are happy. Mm-hmm. Um, clearing out Spielman as well and Mike. Let's forget about football for a second. So forget about X's and O's. Forget about, oh, man, football, football, football. Just think about people. Workplace environment. The workplace environment there for now. And, and Phil, to circle back to your point, there are expiration dates here. So this is not in perpetuity. But for right now, starting with day one of the off-season camps, the environment in that building changed completely, completely. O'Connell is wound tight. He is a football coach, but he is much more apt to know how to deal with human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, by last year, and, and this is the thing, so not early in Mike's tenure, because like that whole thing of being the tough guy after Les left was important. But by last year, Mike was miserable. Rick had gotten him the wrong QB. And so now it, it's basically like a puzzle. And and by 2021, you had all these pieces and almost none of them fit. Mm-hmm. O'Connell and Quazy are smart enough and invigorated because they're new at this to get the pieces to fit. I mean, look no farther than Kirk Cousins' transformation in what Kirk he shows Cousins. us. Kirk Cousins, Kirk, Cousins. Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins shows us a lot about himself now. Um, so So this isn't just like... It's not as simple as, as like, well, Mike was like this and, and Kevin's like this. It, get, it gets into the timing of things, where people are at in their lives, um, and then it trickles down. But if you start out miserable, just as people, you're not probably going to experience success in your job in mm-hmm. any walk of life, including being a football player. Yep. I think, I think my issue with – this is a very gray area, nuanced discussion about Mike Zimmer – my issue with the way that he was sort of treated wasn't that he didn't deserve to be let go. He did. His expiration date as Vikings coach had long surpassed. You could probably argue it might have been a year or two earlier that they could have made a change. So I don't disagree with the change. I think what bothers me is that, first of all, he was great for the first four or five years and put up road flares and warning signs saying, hey, don't upset what we've built by bringing in the wrong guy at the wrong price at quarterback. He was essentially telling the organization, Kirk might work in certain areas. He doesn't work for me and what I am trying to build here. He flat out, like, without saying Kirk's name, said that at a press conference at the Combine. Mm -hmm. And the team decided, well, tough. You're going to have to deal with it. You're the coach. And it's like, Really? I just built this thing for four years, and I'm telling you, I don't think this is the guy at that price. I think this is going to ruin things and get me fired. And it did. Now, some of that's on him for just not finding a way to be a professional and build a relationship and deal with it. But also, it's like the organization put him in a spot that he didn't want to be in, and he warned them about it. So um, so I, I, don't, I don't hammer him as much for that. I think that's more of a, an organizational problem. As far as other things that have nothing really to do with Zimmer or very little to do with Zimmer that are better this season, well, Zadarius Smith is just your best defensive player. He wasn't on the team the last couple of years. 
Daniil Hunter may not be the old version, but he's been healthy and on the field for half the season. He missed 75% of the games in 2020 and 2021. So, I mean, those guys on the field, mm-hmm. Zimmer didn't have that. Those Zimmer defenses were pretty damn good with, with Daniel Hunter on the field. Christian Derrissaw, yeah, kind of naturally evolving. I think he would have naturally evolved into a great left tackle with or without like Kevin O'Connell. I, I'm sure this coaching staff is doing a better job of developing him than the defensive-minded Mike Zimmer and company, but he was a blue-chip prospect, first-round pick, that was going to be good in year two. So now you have a franchise left tackle. Um, so it's, it's more complicated than just like Zimmer right. was the problem. There's a lot of things sort of inter- intertwined here. that, But KOC has done a great job with Kirk, done a great job offensive play calling, scheme, play design, culture, all those things. So yes. he is a better fit by far than Mike Zimmer, yes. The, the Vikings are flat out, and just for the sake of wins and losses in a league where games are incredibly tight, the Vikings are flat out, I will say this with complete confidence, a better game day coach team now. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. Mm-hmm. I also don't think it's anyone that could just step in and make things better that wasn't Mike Zimmer. I mean, look at Nathaniel Hackett. We, I mean, look like oh. a, look like was going to be a, a great hire in Denver, right? And even how he was being talked about in in Green Bay, it's like, oh, this will be great for Denver. He's not capable of being a head coach. He might be a great coordinator. He might be a great football mind, but that dude is not a good head coach. And the Vikings dodged a bullet. And now Denver's dealing with a, probably a humongous problem on their hands. Yeah, boy. That's uh yeah because you you don't sometimes you don't know you talk to these even you get a guy in the room for ten hours in a job interview you don't really know how he's going to react when the clock's ticking down and you have to make a decision in the middle of football crisis and whatever. Uh, Viking Shrek here on Twitter says can't believe Declan gave the lady a ring before the Vikings gave us a <laughs> ring. Wow, Declan she'd put be, a she'd be like seventy by the time they get <laughs> oh, engaged God. if he waits too long. Yeah, I actually also. I- Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, instead of waiting for a ring, I just went and bought one. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not. But one of these teams aren't going to give me a damn pleasure of winning a championship. I'll just, I'll just go, you know, spend the X, Y, Z and get a ring for it. So like did it. you guys, uh, like, how nervous were you that, because that, I think a lot of the pressure for guys is you don't want to get the wrong ring, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to. Oh, yeah put something on her finger and she's like, oh, what is that? You just, you just ruined this moment. So right. what was your level of concern there that so, you're gonna screw up the ring not no concern there so um, my loving girlfriend gave me a plenty of what she would want in a ring in uh, our a relationship a playbook literally That's but good. i will say just because you have all of that information and, and that was very good information to have to go into the jewelry store knowing like she wants this i also took her mom so that also helped to have the tag team well then me. you can yeah you can blame her if things exactly, go awry yeah. even better um your mom picked this ring on, just because you have the info and now you kind of think you're an expert, then you get schooled by the jeweler thing and like, okay, so like you've done your research, good for you. Now let me show you the diff, like what you think, what you want in this diamond. Can you, can you notice the difference between one and three? And then I was like, no, I, I, I have no idea no, what I, I'm doing. It, it would, it would the women be, can, the women know. It would be like if on the other side, if that jeweler came to me and saying, I've, I've been studying podcasting and I know what to do. It's like, well. Okay, good for I've you got doing some your research. All twenty-two yeah, films. Exactly. Wow, yeah. you, you should have thrown that back. No, no, I had <laughs> well, a you don't know anything about podcasts. Experience. I had a wonderful <laughs> experience there, but uh, but it, it, that part was very easy actually. Um, and thankfully the mom was there as well. Actually, th- so when I when I put in the order for the ring, the ring itself, the setting wasn't in stock, so they had to like order the setting. The diamond was in stock. The setting was not in stock that we liked. So they gave me a, initially like a a fake ring. It was the real diamond, just in a, a different setting. And they're like, use this because I don't know if it's going to be in time when I was going to do the proposal. 
and then we would have to we would have to go out and like swap it out and which would have been fine. But then at the last minute, like on Tuesday of this week, she called me and said, "Hey, the the ring came in. Do you want to swap oh, it out before?" See, that's a game changer. I was wondering because you kind of told us about this. That like, are you going to have to then explain? Oh, so I need that ring back. back. We, <laughs> it's only like half of it. Take this cracker jack. This is ring. plastic. Actually, we'll exchange uh, this yeah. back, <laughs> and we got it at the at the uh, b- bottom of a Count Chocula box. Yeah. We'll bring that back. We'll give you the real ring. This is I, from a three D printer. Yeah. Uh, we need to take it back. I know you guys will also like this. So Will you marry me? So instead, you know, like you know, the classic engagement ring box, you know, is huge, right? Like it's it, or it typically is, but these ones now like become very small it's actually really really nice so it can like fit in your pocket there's not this big bulge that's in your pocket right and then uh, one of my best friends yeah, how'd you there. how'd you hide it i put it in because uh she said you can't put it in your pants because you always wear tight jeans declan she'll be able to figure out there's there's a box <laughs> oh, the in skinny there. jeans and i was like all right thank on. you mary that's yep. really nice of you so what i did was i um i put it well number one i hid it in my apartment in my microphone box because i knew she would never look in there so i hid it in there and then as we were getting ready and she was in the shower, I grabbed it and I put it in like the my coat pocket. So then it was just there. Oh, nice. So like then it's not in, not showing and balding. What would in my you have jeans. done if it was like because it wasn't it like 75 degrees Last, a couple yes, days ago? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. I guess what would you nice. have done if it if it was like 80 degrees? What would you how would you have hid the ring? Uh, that's a good Think question, Phil. Um, no, I did not. I just assumed <laughs> that uh, I'll just put it in my foot. Why are you wearing you know? a winter coat? Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Honey. Yeah. Just going to dinner. Meet some friends. Oh my God. But yes, no, that, that part worked out very, very well. The ring shopping was great. Um, luckily, I had a lot of good notes, so that part that part was good, and I highly recommend that too. Like, don't don't go in what you think she would like. Get some notes. It's okay to ask for your significant other. What would you want in a ring? So, I like, how fine. how did you broach the question at the time to like try and distance it from the? You know, it's going to be a long time, but tell me what you like in a ring. Uh, well, she just gave me this information with kind of oh, unsolicited, like months ago. She's a keeper. She is. Yeah, she's a no. keeper. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That she means decided, the rest of your life's going to be. Yeah, we're going to get married. Yeah. We're going to do this. Yeah, uh, well, you're you're not competent enough to figure out. That's what right. Rings say, yeah. Fundamentally, she yeah. said, "I don't trust you not to screw it up," <laughs> which is a great start because it means she's going to take care of things. And it's the same. She'll probably pay all the bills. It'll be great. It's the same <laughs> thing with. Uh, yeah. I, well, I do have a sugar mama. That Don pays all our bills. I have great. That part's great. I, I mean, she's married in podcast. Let her take care of here, you. Okay, so like, so there, let her take care of you. Someone else. No, I'm saying she'll sit down with the, the bills. Load in this relationship she'll set up the payments. She'll do all of that. You're off the hook because she thinks that you can't do it, which is probably true. That's true. I was gonna say <laughs> that's my problem. I can't do any of that. I was gonna no say idea. that for like for Christmas, like I might get it. I want a new driver for Christmas, my golf bag. But I was like, you know, she has and she has no idea about golf. So I said, well, just consult with my best friend who I golf with and also works at a golf shop. Just just go do that. Then that way you know what you're doing. You're not like flying blind. You know, or no, you, just go I was with her, say, you could get a gift certificate. What if she got you a gift certificate? It's less personal. And I was thinking, True, what yeah. if you just, what if men just got the women instead of a ring? You get down on one knee and you open the box. And it's like a gift certificate to a jewelry store, and then you can just go pick out whatever you want. You know, John hates gift gift cards. I love them. I I think they're the greatest thing. Cash and <laughs> cash and gift gift cards. You, you know what though, Dex? I would say this. Last night was great, and I mean, you surprised her. It's great. It's magical. I would say, from now on, surprises, unless they're just really great. Oh, she hates them. Okay, hates for them. you, a driver, just go shopping with her and pick it out. Yeah, that could work too. 
Just go shot. But I mean, Chris, Christmas, you know, oh, surprise. Who, I don't want a surprise. Yeah. I want control of the gift I'm going to get. I'm not <laughs> five. Okay. You know, mommy, I want a hockey stick. It's a little bit different than that. Yeah. And then if she gets you the wrong driver yeah. and you oh. take it out and you and all of a sudden, like, you got a case of the slices and you can't cure it. Or your f- face but, drops. But you. What? What? Yeah. Your face drops. So you take the driver out. You don't like it. And she can tell you don't like it. And oh. then she's like, what's wrong? And then she gets offended. You don't like the driver. You got to go get a new one. Just cut it off. I also have a horrible habit of like, and I've done this before with gifts. If it's something I don't like, I can't hide it. Like I, I'm really bad. Oh, I'm no. really bad at that. And, I've done that. Before and the gal gifts. takes that personally. Yes, she Dawn will. and I had this problem in the nineties. <laughs> one, one Christmas, we both hated our gifts to each other. And we're both like, this is no good. Created a, Bit of a problem. <laughs> From then on, no surprises. We did. Well, let's let's just problem. go. Let's go get a couple of drinks and make a shopping day exactly. uh, date day out of it, and you're good to go. Mac Anyhow, uh, so there is. Congratulations to to Declan. We did a, a, a breakdown of the mechanics of this on Purple Daily. If you want to know Carol. kind of what happened, and I'll wear the flag one more time. For you. How nervous Declan was. Yeah, there wave the go, flag for Dex. Thank you. And here, I got the Wolves flag too, so if they can't win, I'll wave it for Declan. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay, okay. Feedback Friday continues here on Mackie and Judd. And boys, I think I think it's time for us to. I don't have the whole thing in front of me, but I think it's time for us to dust this one off. I want to mock. Mock. <laughs> So this first uh, comment uh, on the second half of Feedback Friday comes in from Brandon Talbot. And he says, Bleacher Report just put out their post-trade deadline mock draft. They have the Vikings selecting Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback at Florida University. My first question is, do you guys think Richardson would be a good pick to develop for a year under Cousins? Second question is, what do you think of Richardson's description? When I read explosive mobility and an arm that could throw through the Earth's core. Wow. That is amazing. Football. (laughs) I heard a loud football sounder go off in my head. I almost want the Vikings to take him based on the description alone. So one of my good friends actually went to Florida, and I've watched. He lives out here, and uh, we have watched a couple Florida games together. And Anthony Richardson played like garbage in both of them. So my opinion is like, oh, man, I've seen the guy play a couple times. But Patrick Mahomes had some garbage games. Sometimes it doesn't translate the way that you would think, right? So if he's mobile and has a huge arm and makes good decisions, could he be? Could he have like Mahomes upside, but he's just not tapping into it fully in college? I don't know enough to say yes or no. But I, I don't know. I would be careful trading up in the draft unless I was very, very confident that I was getting a Patrick Mahomes-type quarterback. So part of our uh, QB drafting PTSD, which is gone for now, is this. Spielman's gone. The previous staff is gone. And and so I will continue to say until he proves that he also cannot do it, I will very much trust that part of O'Connell's uh, forte is identifying quarterbacks. I mean, he played it. Um, he wasn't great, but he certainly knows what he's watching. He certainly knows what would fit in. Like, this is why you hire an offensive coach, right? Mm -hmm. Because that guy can say, okay, you know, Kirk's good at this and and this and this, and I like Kirk, but this guy's the template of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So 
until O'Connell whiffs like twice and, and you're like, oh, he, he's got the problem too, that Spielman did, which I don't think that he's going to, I will very much trust that the Vikings have someone in their building now who has a very high-ranking position who can identify quarterback. Yeah. The idea of Anthony Richardson, like the like the peak version of Anthony Richardson, is very appealing. Just a guy with who's mobile, who's got a big arm, he can keep plays alive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't know that... I mean, I, he's, his accuracy, from what I've seen, has been very, very suspect. I don't know that you can teach some of these things. Like, if he's just not accurate, I don't know that he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Decision-making, makes bad throws, interceptions and stuff. I don't know. What's the comp from what, what you've seen, Phil? Uh, like, I mean, is there a... The three games I've watched of him. <laughs> a loose comparison? He... He's not accurate. I don't know. Like, a failed starting quarterback who's not accurate. Okay. He's, he's he's sales throws. He makes bad decisions sometimes. Jake Locker, and, as far as... Oh, Jake Locker. Jake yeah, Locker. With, with more problem. mobility, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah accuracy. So I, 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 I'm interested in like how these mock drafts are going to play out right now. It's but like I said on you know early in the show, it's just it's so hard to wrap my head around personally the idea of a quarterback in next year's draft right now. I'm just like so immersed in seeing how this year finishes. How this year finishes will give you a gut feeling. If they get smoked on the road and Kirk Cousins plays poorly, okay, like there it is again. It's your glass ceiling again that you've hit multiple times with him in a playoff game. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he, if he's great and it's the defense that lets you down, maybe you're thinking, God, let's boom, draft a defensive tackle next year and load up again. I don't know. I, I think the most important thing is this, and this is where the Bradbury pick turned out to be a bad pick. I think drafting for need with a good team is absolutely fine, but you got to be careful on position. Yes. So like when, when you're like, we need a center, you're like, okay, that's cool. Get one in the third round. Yeah. You know, but but yes, defensive end, cornerback, defensive tackle. If you can get a guy that you think can can plug and play, there are certain positions. Center, not one. Running back, probably not one. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Paul in Connecticut. Though we are 6-1, and one, I still feel like Kirk is at or near his ceiling. He is a spaz when blitzed, and he <laughs> will see a lot of that going through, uh, going forward, especially in the playoffs. Rather than relish the opportunity for a big play, Kirk freaks out under blitz pressure. Not sure that can be fixed at this point. Uh, I'm going to actually look up where he's at pressured statistically here. Give me a couple minutes. But um, does it feel like he is spazzing against blitzes to you? I feel like it's not as bad, but he's not certainly not Joe Montana cool back there. So the the ball that he was uh, stripped of on Sunday against the Cardinals was not a great play. Uh, like that, That's the type of play... Um, spazzing is, I think, probably too strong, but does he always handle the pressure as competently as you would like to see? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know what? Like we have always faulted Kirk for, for seeming to struggle under pressure and with pressure late in games, he's been pretty good. So I, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is not, he spazzes out. But you know what? That being said, there's one thing. We are not going to know until like a Buffalo game and a playoff game. Like that's where we're going to get a feel for the actual development when the pressure is on and you're playing potentially a really good team. 
It depends on what kind of pressure you're talking about here. I yep. mean, if you're talking about magnitude of the game or the situation, he's actually handled those situations pretty darn well the last couple of years. If you're talking about actual pressure, like teams that are getting defensive players in your face, um, statistically, he is he has the 26th ranked passer rating this year when pressured, uh-huh. and he is 20th in yards per attempt when pressured. Uh-huh. So he's he's been largely bad when when pressured, like actual defenders in his face pressured. So I think part of that is is this too. And, and this is, I don't think you can fix this one. It'd be nice to, but I think it's too late. Um, Kirk has a tendency not to be a big fan of of doing what the great QBs do, which is throw guys open. Kirk wants to see you, right? Like, yeah. Kirk wants to see you there. Okay, I'll throw it now. Um, instead of say, you know what? My money is on Justin Jefferson being at this place at this time, even though he's not yet. And, and I think that the great ones who thrive with actual blitzes and pressure make throws that are that are perceived to be extremely dangerous, but they're good at it. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, to me, strikes me as the type of guy who wants to see the jersey. Which in this league at times is too late, hence yeah. the problem. But I don't know you can fix that one at, at his stage of, of his career and his age right now. Well, here's an interesting one as I'm looking this up. When he's blitzed, okay? So this validates the, the question here. When he's blitzed, he's 33rd in, in passer rating. Yep. He is dead last by a mile in yards per attempt. Among all qualified quarterbacks, 39 qualified quarterbacks this year. Interesting. He averages 4.4 yards per attempt. Uh, at the top of that list, by the way, Bailey Zappi averaging 11 <laughs> yards yeah. per attempt when blitzed. Jimmy, people wonder, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo is much better under pressure when blitzed. He's 9 yards per attempt, more than double what Kirk is. And then uh, you get Joe Burrow is is up near the top of this list. Tua Dak Stafford, Jared Goff is actually nine yards per attempt, but he's thrown some interceptions when blitzed. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, this, and Kevin O'Connell is not a stranger to these trends and metrics too. You got you gotta be better when pressured and blitzed. But he's it's kind of who he is. I mean, he's not mobile. He's not he's not the most improvisational guy. And blitzes throw you off schedule. He's not a great off schedule quarterback. He doesn't like risks. Yeah, he doesn't like them. Um, let's see here. Nick B says, I'm a new listener, 20 years in the Air Force, away from Minnesota where I grew up in Brooklyn Park. That's where my dad uh, lived for 15, 20 years. I didn't know you guys existed, and I've really missed talking Vikings with people. Uh, I'm a Kirk fan, but I think this is the best Kirk can do. Hear me out. Kirk in the past has gotten a lot of garbage time and uh, attempt to come back stats when the game is at least two scores away. When the defense plays soft but don't give up big plays or some version of prevent, I truly think this is the best we see of Kirk when we don't allow his stat-padding end-of-game stuff. I think he's always missed receivers, always made slightly poor decisions, always been a mediocre to decent quarterback. But without stat-padding times of the game, well, this is and always has been the Kirk that we see. I feel, oh. like, the ac- I feel like the accuracy is a little bit more off, but I think for the most part that's absolutely dead on right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the last year and a half, there hasn't. He actually 
put up big numbers last year without a lot of, like, there wasn't a lot of garbage time last year. They played 14 close games or something. So there just, in general, hasn't been a lot of garbage time at all since, like, 2020 with this team. Uh, but we just went through the pressured stats. Then that's the thing. You're not going to prevent teams from blitzing you. You're not going to prevent teams from pressuring you. They're doing a better job this year than they have in years past. At some point, you just got to rise above it and find a hot route or find a one-on-one matchup somewhere and make a play, man. You know, that's that's the NFL. Ideal, but I just don't know. And and that's the problem with a playoff game, right? Like a playoff game is going to be basically win or go home, and now you're under pressure. And, and like, teams are going to empty the bag there. Like, yeah. they're going to be like, what does Kirk not do, do well? Let's blitz him. Um, and that's where I would need to see a significant step. And I know he won the Saints game in 19. Okay, don't tweet me about it. I know about that. Uh, but that being said, if they're going to make a playoff run, that's where I have the question of, can you manipulate that from him? Um, and I, I've got my doubts. I just do. Yeah. It's not going to change till it's, I see different. Uh, a quick shout-out here to the uh, folks that have purchased their Score North and Purple Daily swag at scorenorth.com slash shop, or we've got the Just One Before I Die tees and hoodies, Victory Monday tees and hoodies, Purple Daily and Score North uh, tees, hoodies, hats, beanies. Check them out. And we also have a uh, State of Hawk shirt and hoodie as well. With a great flow coming from below the oh, helmet yeah. on the yes. State of Hawk. I love the flow. Scorenorth.com slash shop if you want some early stocking stuffers. Appreciate everyone who is supporting us as we build this thing. Uh, Nicholas Jacobs says, one man deserves praise. And that man is, can you guess who that man is? Declan Goff. Oh, wow. I've been listening to the show for a year and a half now, and Declan has progressively become a better and better contributor to the show. From sharing his hot takes when they actually are hot takes to sharing jokes and making fun of Judd, this man is a favorite of mine. I know it's not easy to step in front of a microphone every day and entertain, but Declan is following in the great purple legacy of Sports Dad and Mackie. Praise is given when it is deserved. Wow. That's awesome. There is no but. There is no (laughs) but. It's just a straight compliment from Nicholas Jacobs. Well, let me give you some advice, kid. However. However. He could. Some advice. I feel like usually when really nice notes come in like this, there's always like a but and then a novel afterwards about why they why they hate one of us. Yeah, or why? Something. <laughs> yes. Just a straight up unsolicited, very, very nice, nice compliment there. Very yeah. nice, Nick. Thank you, Nick. What a 24 hours for Declan. He's getting unsolicited compliments from listeners. Mm-hmm. He's getting engaged. He's beating Judd in Random Viking of the Week. The Purple Daily YouTube Challenge just hit 30,000 subscribers. Everything's, everything's coming, coming up, up Dex here. Yeah, everything's coming up, Dex. Love it. Mm. Love it. Uh, Robert Wolf says, comparing the Rams to the Vikings, was KOC the Rams' secret sauce? Big difference in records between last year and this year for the Rams. Uh, no, I think I think the, the thing is repeating as Super Bowl champion is really damn hard. Yeah. They also lost offensive and linemen. Hurt. Yeah. And Whitworth retired. So so this is why, and I'm not saying that the Vikings are a Super Bowl team, but this is why, as I think we talked about earlier in the week, the Vikings have to pounce now. It's not because they're a perfect team, but, like, look at last year, okay? The Rams had a lot of good fortune. I believe they played a wild card game in Tampa and won there. Yeah. And they didn't win by a lot, okay? So, so this is why certain years things go 
your way. Because everybody probably thought Rams coming back Super Bowl champion, they're going to be good again. And what happens? Things don't necessarily go your way. And so this is why 2022, while a pleasant surprise to me personally for the Vikings, becomes so crucially important because there is no way that you can bottle this year and say, you know what, it's going to be even better in 23. You got no clue. And odds are guys are going to get hurt. Things are going to go wrong. Uh, this league is weird, and one thing you have to do is pounce on an opportunity, and the Vikings have that right now. Yep, yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, Felipe from Brazil. One thing I'd like to note, one thing about me. Do you guys follow that? Do you guys? I, I'm all TikTok? over TikTok. Oh, I'm, addicted. Okay. I'm addicted to the, the talk. <laughs> Every night I lay in bed and watch these, and I don't know why. Uh, so but bad. I actually have thought about I thought about trying one of those. One thing about thing Sports about Dad me. is that he likes beer. He drinks beer <laughs> when, for breakfast and I, then for lunch. When I and was sixteen, <laughs> no, you got to do it. Uh, you you got to go back. It's like one thing about me is when I was sixteen, yeah. I started drinking with wine coolers and Bartles and James, and <laughs> then it. I moved on to beer, and now I have absolutely no fear. John, you have to record wow, this dude. now. You have to do this now. Dude, yes. Because I can yes. run. This well, I mean, I just recorded it now. To make it you, to you have, you have to do that. this now. I'm not. <laughs> just clip it. You have to do it on your I, own I mean, I can now. do it again. Yeah. One thing about Afternoon Judd is when he was 18. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to go back in time. It's, it, it, it's massive. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, Felipe from Brazil, one thing I'd like to know about you guys, and I think it would be fun for you guys to talk about, is your daily routine and how you manage to do this every single day, including weekends. Like, how many hours do each of you guys dedicate daily for the show? For us listeners, you know, we're listening to, uh, like, 90 Minutes of Ventline and then Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd, but for sure it's more work for you guys, maybe even more for Declan since he's the producer. Uh, one last thing to add for the listeners one time I lost the Saturday episode and listened to it after the game, and it was fun to see how much you guys get right or wrong after the game is over, listening back to the Saturday episode. Like, I think Adam Thielen will be a huge factor in the game, and then he ends up with one catch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, God, there's a lot to unpack here, but we produce our recording window, and we're all doing, like, some different... So we do... Together, we do... Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd every day. And that's like a two-hour block for us. And then we also, multiple days a week, well, every day we have little, like, spin-off shows. Rap with Royce, Royce Unchained, Flagrant Howls, Judd's Hockey Show, Bonus Scoop with Doogie, uh, Before We Die, Trenches with Boone, Purple Access. We have, like, ten spin-off shows or whatever. So, I mean, in any given day, we're recording three to four hours of content, and there's, like, breaks built in and stuff so we can go to the bathroom and, I don't know, drink a glass of water or something. But then for Declan, for instance, Declan, one of his main jobs is to take everything we do, not only make sure that it gets posted and edited and whatever, but, like, make sure that stuff gets clipped for social media so we can be as relevant as possible on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, um, et cetera, et cetera. Judd is constantly at games and also does writing for Vikings Wire. And then I am doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work, helping to run the business and helping Harvard Radio eight other markets with digital content and stuff. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, Felipe, if, or if this is just boring process <laughs> talk. But, yeah, we 
We and we put a lot of time in just prepping the show. I think a lot of people think, oh, you just turn the microphone on, and you got so uh-huh. lucky. You guys turn the microphone on. Believe it or not, <laughs> there is a lot of prep work that goes into just organizing shows on a daily basis. So, yeah, I mean, we're still knuckleheads, but yeah, yeah, we do prepare yes, for our show. Yeah, Judd yeah. never remembers the time of recording. He says, no. What time are we doing? Yeah. What, what, what's tomorrow again? Well, we change it sometimes. And, and, like, sometimes Phil wants to go at 9, our time. And then I'm like, so, you know what? I figure better safe, better safe than sorry. Yeah. And um, I forget some stuff, too, because I'm older. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, I mean, if you guys have other questions, I guess we sometimes just think no one cares. But if you do, send us questions and we can we can answer stuff. So there's Feedback Friday for you. Very Viking-centric. Yeah. And now Declan joins the joins the group, yep. joins the club. Welcome aboard. I'll kick the coverage. Joins the, join, yeah, we, yes, well, we exactly. all did. That's yeah. not. That's the club. Not That's even up club. for debate. Yeah, right. bunch of Ryan Wrights here, just uh, kicking the ball 73 yards down the field. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you all, hopefully, as many of you as possible, over at First Round Inside Mall of America for a uh, Vikings watch party, a little Purple Daily Surly watch party, and Vikings vent line right after the game is over. So thanks for hanging out. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.